Good evening. It is good to see each of you. If you're visiting with us, again, we welcome you. If you would, be open your Bibles to Psalms 92, the 92nd chapter of Psalms. And we'll be reading out of a text there in just a moment. We're so thankful for our young people. And we want to especially mention the ones that participated in the Bible Bowl with Cookville yesterday. They've been studying, of course, for quite some time, preparing. And any time we have young people that are studying deeper into the Word of God, what a blessing that is in their lives. The lives of their family and the lives of the church family, and we appreciate each one of them. Tyler Stanfield uh, was recognized for his fifth consecutive year of participating in Bible Bowl, and we're thankful for him and for his perseverance in such a very, very good thing. Let's make sure we all find our place to serve God and to give God our very all. As we mentioned this morning, Happy Grandparents Day. When we think of grandparents, perhaps for most of us, a very warm thought comes to mind. Many of us have been blessed richly in our lives by our grandparents. When I think about how many times I've been able to put my feet under grandmother's table, uh, either one on my mother or my father's side, and enjoy those special things that grandmothers always cook for their grandchildren because they know that it's their favorite. Or to think about riding a tractor in a wagon across either one of their farm to go back and to check on things or to repair things or to work on things. To think about driving up to their house. One of my grandparents had a long lane driving uh, that is a driveway, but it was a long driveway, almost like a lane that we would ride and to see them out on the front porch just visiting and waiting for us to get there. Or to cover or to pass over a little bridge to visit another set of grandparents as we would enter into their driveway. Those are precious memories. And how I would love to just have one more opportunity to sit on the front porch and to just visit as we did at one time. Make sure if you have your grandparents, make sure you let them know today and every day that you love them. Make sure that you live a life that honors them. They truly are worthy of honor. As we think about age tonight, I shared with you a few years ago what graduates from high school, uh, some things that they had never seen. I'd like to mention to you what some of your grandparents have never seen. For all of those, and I say have never seen, they have not seen at the time they were born. For all those that were born before 1945, and I know that we have grandparents here that are much younger than that, but for those that, that were born before 1945, you were born before television, penicillin, polio shots, frozen foods, Xerox, plastic, contacts lens, frisbees, for the radar, credit cards, split atoms, laser beams, ballpoint pens. You're born before pantyhose, dishwashers, cloth or clothes dryers, electric blankets, air conditioners, drip dry clothes, and many years before a man ever walked on the moon. You believed in getting married first and then living together. At that time in your life, you'd never heard of FM radio, tape decks, CD players, electronic typewriters, computers, artificial hearts, word processors, yogurt or even the word software did not exist. In your day, grass was mowed, Coke was a cold drink, pot was something you cooked in, 
Rock music was grandma's lullaby and aides were helpers in the principal's office. There are humor, humorous thoughts there, but it's fact. My, how times have changed. But yet, some of the best things, they don't have to necessarily change. There's nothing better than close relationships. And you and I get to decide those. Will we nurture them? Will we grow them? Will we provide within our families the rich blessing and opportunity that God is giving us to provide? It breaks my heart when I see younger folks that do not respect and honor older folks. It breaks my heart to see older folks that do not age spiritually and gracefully. Tonight, I hope to put a balance between those two as we study a text that I think does just that. Look in Psalms, the 92nd chapter, and take a glance at verse 12 and following. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. So now at this part of the psalm, he's speaking of the righteous people in general. And you think about going through a wilderness or a desert area, and then the brown turns at least to one area where there's an oasis. There's a palm tree. There's something green, there's something alive, there's something strong. Or he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. And we think of that thick and strong and tall cedar tree. This is the way the righteous can stand. Even when all around is unrighteous and does not know such strength, the righteous can do this. Now notice verse 13. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God and shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in Him. Notice these promises that we can bear fruit in old age. Still referring to those in old age says that they can flourish and they can be fresh. That promise is only given to those who are planted in the Lord. Now, when we think of being planted in the Lord, and we think about the Lord's house, and we think about 1 Timothy, the third chapter and verse 15, we read that under the new covenant, that would be the church. Friends, the Lord is telling us that there are some tremendous blessings to aging within the body of Christ. Now, we live in a world that magnifies the aspect of honor and showing respect to youth, to beauty, and to strength. But when we look in the Scriptures, the Scripture shows us to give honor and respect to those who have inner beauty and inner strength and an inner growing, a growth that continues to take place we see that those two can oftentimes be on two different spectrums. They don't have to be, but oftentimes they are. And so tonight I I ask you, do you have a worldly view of respect and beauty? Or do you have a spiritual view of respect and beauty? If someone came in right now and said to you, hey, point out to me some people that are real strong and some people that are real beautiful. Would your only thought be physical? I wonder, there, there's someone, they're physically strong. There, there's someone, she's, she's really beautiful. Look, look at her hair, look at her, she's really beautiful. 
Isn't it a shame if you and I have become so worldly that it would not even enter our mind to find what is the truest beauty and what is the greatest strength? And that is that which is in her. Let's think about the place to age. The church is the place to age. Why? Let's mention a couple of principles out of the Old Covenant and then let's tie this all together with the New Covenant. Look with me, if you will, to Leviticus, the 19th chapter. We won't have slides on these and we'll hit on several of these quickly. But Leviticus, the 19th chapter, look in verse 32 as we think about the great honor that God has always expected younger generations to have upon those that are older. In Leviticus, the 19th chapter and 32, he says as he is giving a list of moral and ceremonial laws that the children of Israel must keep if they are to be his children. One of these in 32 is, you shall rise before the gray-headed and honor the presence of the old man and fear your God. I am the Lord. You see, the idea of rising before the presence of the gray head when one walks in that is older the younger generation under the old covenant did not have a choice if they were, notice it's tied to fearing God. If they were to fear God, they would rise out of respect. You see, it's a respect that goes into action. It's not just verbiage. And it's not just saying when someone asks, do you respect the older? But it's by day in and day out and perhaps multiple times throughout a day showing by our actions that we respect the older. And then notice, he says, an honor the presence of an old man. The idea of honor is to esteem, to hold worthy. Someone says of a younger generation, why should I honor them? I'm faster than they are. I'm stronger than they are. Oh, you're worldly in your thinking. You honor them because by God's design, the younger always submits to the older in the areas of honor and respect. Do you realize that if you took a school system and if every child entered into one particular school tomorrow with just this simple understanding, I will respect my teachers tomorrow because they are older than me. Not because they're always right, they're not. Not because they're always kind, they're not but I will respect them because they are in my presence. Think how different the world would be. And think how that would also affect the older generation. Look with me, if you will, to Proverbs, the 23rd chapter. We learn not only honor, but we learn about acceptance. In Proverbs 23, I'd like to read to you verse 22. Proverbs 23 and verse 22 a principle here in Proverbs, listen to your father who begot you and do not despise your mother when she is old. God has always intended for his children to be children that always accept and embrace their parents and the generations before them as long as they shall live. The value is not in the fact that they could continue to maintain the productivity that they maintained in their middle age years. That's foolish. We're not made that way. We can't do that. Well, why do we continue to accept? Why do we continue to honor? Because that is the way God designed it. Friends, what we see reflected out in America today 
is a result of a lack of appreciation and a value upon life. When we see fetuses aborted in the womb that is a baby, but yet they're not productive. And in our society, we don't give them a voice. And so their life can be taken. Well, what about when we go to the other end of life and individuals are less productive? They contribute less to society. What are we going to do? As Christians, it's clearly taught to us what we shall do. But the question is, how far is the world going to go in reflecting the very beginning of life also? Look with me, if you will, to Psalm 71 and 9. I like this as a prayer or a psalm that David wrote when he was making his plea to God as he felt that enemies were surrounding him and confronting him. And in Psalm 71 and 9, perhaps this would be the plea of many older folks today as he says in 71 and 9, Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength fails. How many that have aged not having a generation around them that loves and respects God, so therefore that generation may not love and respect them. How many have had that same fear? Don't cast me off. Please care for me. Embrace me. Look after me. Now, if you will be turning to 1 Timothy, the fifth chapter, and let's put some New Testament principles around these Old Testament principles that we've just seen. We've looked at those to say this is the way God has always intended for it to be. God has always wanted us to have this great level of respect. And when we come to 1 Timothy, the fifth chapter, we see that this respect goes far beyond just words. Notice in verse 4, he's talking about widows here. And in 1 Timothy 5 and 4, he says, But if any widow has children or grandchildren... Let them first learn to show piety at home and to repay their parents. Now, did you get that? Show piety at home and to repay their parents. For this is good and acceptable before God. Notice verse 8. If anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Do not let a widow under 60 years of age be taken into the number, and not unless she has been the wife of one man. You see, what seems to be the background of what's taking place here is that the church was caring for the aging. Why? Because there's no better place to age than in the church. Friends, if individuals can be in our community of Mount Juliet and they can find somewhere that shows them more love and respect as they're aging Rather than the church, you can rest assured the church is doing something wrong. So here the church was taking care of those that were 60 and older that were widows that had no one to provide for them. Now, you can imagine maybe there's a line of thinking where people would say within families, well, just let the church take care of my mother that's aging. And this is why Paul writes 1 Timothy 5, say, oh no. Piety always begins at home. Now, friends, piety is active respect. Active respect. What's the teaching here? If a widow has children or grandchildren, they have a responsibility to care for that widow financially. Oh, I've got bills. You don't understand. I can't do that. Find a way to do it. 
Somebody will have to get two jobs. Somebody will have to do something. If you're a child of God, active respect. Piety begins at home. We can't get around the fact that if we are children of God, we owe, we are indebted to the generation before us, our generations. Notice again, the Lord gave the reason, and the reason was to repay their parents. Now, we many times will mention verse 8 that we've already read, that if we don't care for those in our own household, we'd be worse than those who have denied the faith. Now, many times when we apply that, we apply it to an adult generation, and we talk about them providing for their children. And we'll say, oh, if that man won't provide for his own children, he's worse than an infidel. I would believe that that would be a proper application, but that's not what is being taught here. What's being taught here is that if a man won't look after his grandmother or his mother or grandfather and father, and he tries to come in and and slide on the pew on Sunday and pour out himself in worship to God, God's saying, absolutely not. I'll consider you worse than an infidel if you won't take care of your own family. Friends, this isn't a new problem. When we read in Matthew, the 15th chapter, remember that New Testament word, it is Corban? That was a problem back even before the church began. And it was where individuals, instead of providing for their family financially, the generations above them, when their parents had a need, they would say, it is Corban. In other words, translated, I've given my gift before the altar of God. In other words, I've already given to the church, therefore I'm relieved of my burden to help you. And he says, you have defiled the commandments of God with your traditions. What commandment did they defile? to honor thy father and thy mother. Friends, I must realize that honor and respect the way God has designed it is active. When your grandparents visit you, do you go out and open the door for them? Or do you stay lying on the couch watching TV? Honor is active. Do you wait for them to call you or do you pick up the phone to call them to see how they're doing? Honor is active. Do you tell them when you're going to the grocery store to see what they need you to pick up or do you make them call and ask you every time? Honor is active. Do you wait until they're desperate and their bills are delinquent? Or do you step in and help them have an honorable life? Yesterday I saw you. You didn't mean for me to, I know. But nonetheless, I did. I saw you look impatient and I realized that I'd already told you the story many times, I suppose. Then I remembered other stories, childhood stories that I used to tell over and over. 
Sometimes when I really didn't have the time, I made the time for one more telling of the three little pigs or some other favorites of yours. You never grew tired of listening and I never grew tired of telling. But I was young then and you were small. I used to hold you and rock you. I talked to you about your doubts and fears. I made you feel better. But I was younger then and you were growing up. I used to hear every noise you made and every question you asked. Where do butterflies come from? Who is God? And I answered, and you listened. I was younger then, and you were learning. Today, I didn't answer correctly the question you asked. Once, I didn't answer at all. But I didn't hear the question clearly. I'm not young anymore, and you're not so small Today, my body ached. My mind wandered. I was lonely. I didn't want you to know because you're so busy. I would have slowed you down. I don't offer advice now unless you ask, and you seldom do. Once, I was the smartest mom in the neighborhood. But times have changed. I'm old now, and you're grown. I hear the wind. A December December wind reminding me that I am in the winter of my life. I love you, my child. Be patient with me. You are only in the spring and summer. But remember that the winter comes quickly. How you treat your parents is really the only lesson that they can learn of how the generation before them should be treated. And probably how you treat your parents, you can expect to be treated that way. God designed it that way. Because it's beautiful when one generation honors and serves and respects an older generation. And the younger generation learns. And they too do the same. And in so doing, teach their children. Turn with me, if you will, to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter. I'd like to show you something as we put two things together and pull this lesson toward a close. In the text that we read in I Psalms, the 92nd chapter, do you remember there that He spoke of even in old age being able to bear fruit. And then after that even said to flourish and be fresh. How is it that this can happen? There is an aspect of us that's aging. But we must learn to recognize and appreciate whether it's us that's aging or if it's the generation before us that has reached the winter of life. We all must recognize and appreciate that there is a part of us that does not age. And when we truly understand that, we begin to have a genuine respect. It's not, oh, I'll respect you because God told me to. It is a genuine respect because we learn to value the part of mankind that is renewed day by day. Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter, one of the most 
uh, popular poems that's ever been written about aging. Let's mention this just to be reminded of how God designed us. We are designed to wear down. This physical body is designed to wear out. This is the way he speaks of it. He begins in the 12th chapter in verse 1 wanting us to remember our creator in the days of our youth. But then those days are going to draw near. And when those days begin running out, he paints the picture in verse 2 of that. And then he begins giving details in verse 3. He says, in the day when the keepers of the house will tremble. You and I, our hands have, have bathed us. They have brushed our teeth. They've brushed our hair. They have taken care of us. They have nurtured. Our very own hands have nurtured us. They have kept. They are the keepers. But there's a day coming where if the Lord allows all of us to live, there's a day coming that we will not be able to hold the keeper steady. He continues, and the strong men bow down. It's speaking of our legs. The strong members that when we were young held us up and could run and jump and leap and work all day. But there's coming a day that they will bow. And he continues, when the grinders cease... Because they are few, the teeth. And those that look through the windows grow dim, the eyes. Verse 4, when the doors are shut in the streets and the sound of the grinding is low, when one rises up at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of music are brought low. There he's speaking of our ability to hear. Things that at one time were, were very easy for us to hear, very easy for us to understand, but yet then everything seems shut up. It seems muffled. But the irony of that is even though our hearing may weaken, it seems like that the slightest noise at night awakens us as we don't sleep as sound. Verse 5, And they are afraid of height. A flight of steps when we're in our 20s is nothing. That same flight of steps in the 80s brings a measure of fear and of terrors in the way. Little cracks in sidewalks didn't bother us in our 20s or 30s, but as we age, it's enough to be a terror in our life. When the almond tree blossoms, that's our hair turning white, and the grasshopper is a burden. That's where the grasshopper used to hop so uh, easily, but now it's a burden just to get about. And desire fails. That's where... There's no desire to go in and out. I'll just stay home today. For man goes to his eternal home and the mourners go about in the streets. Remember your creator before the silver cord is loose. That's the spinal cord. And the golden bowl is broken. That's the brain, the thinking. And the pitcher shattered at the fountain. That's the heart. And the wheel broken at the well. That's the arteries. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Friends, we can't stop this process. There have been men and women that have sought and given a lifetime to trying to find a fountain of youth, to finding a way to conquer the aging process, and each one of them has failed and died. We can't stop the aging process on the outside. But friends, please get this as we turn to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. This is so beautiful. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 16. He says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, 
That's exactly what Solomon was writing about in Ecclesiastes. The outer person is perishing. You may look at yourself and say, I'm strong, I'm healthy, I'm not perishing right now. We are. Everybody here from the youngest baby, everybody here is on a countdown. Outwardly, we're perishing. But notice this beautiful phrase. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. The inner person that's committed to God, that's planted in the Lord's house, the inner person's character, faith, commitment, it's all growing. It's more dedicated, perhaps even more genuine. It's stronger. When we grow an appreciation for the spiritual aspects of life, the appreciation for those that are older that have walked this way and they have continued to grow in this way continues to be great. That appreciation grows stronger and stronger and stronger. In Proverbs, the 31st chapter, in verse 30, describes the woman, the virtuous woman. It says, charm is deceitful. And beauty is passing. That's the aging process. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. You see, when, when the days go by, the people that look at the outward beauty, they would say the beauty's past. But what's happened? The things of real beauty, the things of real ver- worth, they can continue to be praised because they're growing stronger, more beautiful all the time. Do you remember in Joshua, the 24th chapter, when Caleb was 85 years old? At 40 years of age, God sent him in as one of the 12 spies. And remember, he was one of the ones that said, we can take this land, God will give it to us. And they wouldn't listen to him, so they wandered around for 40 years. Now, 45 years later, the inheritance is being given. And there's a mountain that he wants. What do you think Caleb wants? Do you think he wants that little area where there's no enemies Hey, I'm 85 years old. I don't want to have to fight there. you got to love Caleb. He says, Lord, you promised me that mountain. And I want that one right there. And I know that Anakim, that's the giants. I know they're there. And I know there's a fortified cities. Give me this mountain. And he even said, I have the strength that I had when I was 40 years old. Now, I don't know if he did outwardly, but you know what? I guarantee you Caleb had the strength inwardly, the area that mattered because Caleb had already lived long enough to know that it was God that was conquering the giants. Tonight, I want to encourage those of you that are aging to look at a few examples of inward aging that's dangerous. And we have to mention these by bullets. And I don't mention these to be disrespectful, but it breaks my heart to see individuals that grow older and believe that their life is less valuable. Here's some things that you might be doing if you believe your life is less valuable. You may be believing that you're useless. There's a place for you to serve. God has a place for you no matter what your age Thinking you're too old to learn. We're never too old to open the Scriptures and learn something new each day. Feeling the best days are in the past. 
There may have been some great days in the past, but you know what? Today and tomorrow can be great days also. Having an attitude which is grumpy. You know, people don't grow old and grumpy. They're grumpy and go, grow old. Why don't you make sure that, that you've decided that you're going to make the best of life and you're going to encourage other people? And then finally, he says here, or we have listed here, and living as if your present faith will sustain you to death. There's no such thing as a faith that we can set on cruise and not worry about it. It doesn't matter if we're in our 20s, 30s, 70s, 80s, or 90s. I need to evaluate my faith daily. And I need to make sure that each day I commit my life to the Lord. When Captain Kangaroo first came on, he was only 28 years old. He had to put on a lot of makeup to look old. But he played the part well. And he said as the years went by, he put on less makeup. And eventually, he didn't have to put on any makeup to make himself look old. Reflecting on it, he said, I grew into the part. I hope when we look at Psalms 92 tonight and we see the Lord saying that if you're planted in the house of the Lord, that you can bear fruit in old age and you can flourish and you can be fresh. I hope you believe that. I hope you believe it with such commitment that you hold God to His promise because He's faithful and He'll keep His promises. And I hope you work at it. And I hope you grow right into the part that God's designed you to be. We love you, we honor you, we respect you. Tonight, if you're not a child of God, why not? Why not submit to the Father and be baptized into Christ for their mission of sins? If you are a Christian, but yet you strayed away, why not come home? Why not make your life right? If you need to confess sins and pray forgiveness, if we can help you in any way, come as we stand, as we sing.